Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Financial Times. We value your feedback. Please go to ft.com slash listen and fill out a short survey for a chance to win a pair of Bose acoustic noise-cancelling headphones. The FT Investors are set to challenge some of Wall Street's biggest banks about their so-called golden parachutes, in which top executives pocket millions of dollars before taking jobs in government. AFL-CIO, America's biggest trade union federation, which manages $94 billion in assets, will begin a campaign against the practice at Citigroup's annual shareholder meeting today. I'm Patrick Jenkins, the FT's financial editor, and I spoke earlier to Heather Slavkin-Corzo, director of the Federation's Office of Investment, and to Caroline Binham, our financial regulation correspondent, about the revolving door between government and bank executives. I began by asking Ms Slavkin-Corzo what prompted the Union Federation to take up the issue. This is an issue that we identified in looking through the company's SEC disclosures and looking at the templates for their compensation agreements. It's not just Citi, actually, that has its practice. It's also Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley and J.P. Morgan. And basically what it is is it's a provision in the templates for the compensation agreements for senior executives that provides for accelerated or continued vesting of equity awards if the senior executives go into government service. And from a shareholder perspective, we're wondering, you know, how is this in the best interest of shareholders to basically pay these senior executives who presumably provide valuable human capital to leave and work somewhere else? And so back in November, President Trumka, who's the president of the AFL-CIO, wrote a letter to these banks and actually three others where we had questions about whether the practice was in place and asked that question from a shareholder perspective, how is it in our best interest to pay people to leave? When we didn't get a satisfactory answer, we filed these shareholder proposals at the four companies where there was explicit evidence in the SEC filings of government service golden parachutes. And the proposal asks for two things. First, it asks for the identification of any senior executive who's eligible for a government service golden parachute. And the second thing it asks for is an estimate of the value of that parachute. I suppose the banks would argue that it's in their interest to have people in public office who understand the way they operate. A cynic might say they would hope to influence them in terms of their policy making. You know, it's interesting that you raise that point. That's actually not what we've heard from the banks. I think that's what a lot of folks suspect is going on here. But I think from a good government perspective, that argument would raise concerns for a lot of folks. And so I think the banks have been reluctant to come out and say that that's what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. But this revolving door, I suppose it goes both ways, but it normally goes more potentially dangerously, I suppose, from institutions like the big banks into public service. And the other way around, I suppose, from public service, people getting paid off then when they go to Wall Street. And obviously, it doesn't just happen in the US. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely concerned about both the revolving door and what some folks have referred to as the reverse revolving door. And it's a concern about how policy is being influenced in the United States and around the world where this is happening. We've just come out of a major financial crisis. And it was clear as we were seeing the events unfold in 2007 and 2008 that the failure of financial regulators to be at the top of their game was, had something to do with it. Absolutely. And final point, in terms of what you're hoping to achieve with your proposal at the Citigroup annual meeting, obviously you want to raise awareness of the topic, but is there something more concrete that you might be able to achieve here? 
Sure. I mean, what we're looking for right now is disclosure. We want more information about how prevalent the practice is, and then we'll go from there and determine what our next steps would be. But it's definitely important to raise the profile of the issue. I think a lot of folks are paying attention to it. We've had outreach from all different types of entities and from folks on the Hill. So we actually have been talking to different offices and anticipate that legislation might be passed. So it's important to keep this issue in front and center in folks' minds so that as we're looking at some things that we want to address in terms of policy issues as well, this doesn't fall to the wayside because definitely people are concerned about the undue influence of Wall Street and Washington, and it's an issue that needs to be addressed. Caroline, this is something you've looked at in quite some depth, the kind of revolving door issue. What are your thoughts? The revolving door as a concept has gained some scrutiny in the last year, particularly since the controversy late 2014 about the New York Fed and its closeness to Goldman Sachs. You'll remember that there was a former New York Fed official that criticised her regulator for making her temper her criticism of Goldman. And equally, there was an incident with a Goldman banker who was a former regulator at the New York Fed who apparently came across some confidential documents via his former colleagues. So all of these recent incidents have accelerated and intensified scrutiny about the revolving door. Clearly, there are advocates of the practice because both sides, both regulators and the banks, say it's beneficial to have people who have worked on both sides lending their expertise to the other. However, there are clearly wider questions that have to be asked. And once you talk about incentivising people, the amount they're going to be getting paid to go to a regulator, then there are some uneasy question marks as well. And a final point, it's not just a US practice. Obviously, it's kind of attracted most attention there. Absolutely not. I mean, the UK has been quite a keen adopter of this. It started in the US and we've seen US investment banks, law firms, etc. come over and do similar hiring practices over here. But a very obvious example in the UK would be the former head of our financial watchdog, Sir Hector Sants, going to Barclays, which was not a totally successful position and quite short-lived. But other examples would be Margaret Cole, the former head of enforcement, going to PwC. Are there any signs of investor pressure or indeed any other pressure to try and reverse this practice? There's certainly been parliamentary scrutiny. It's really been outside of the banking sector, though. The most obvious example would be the Public Accounts Committee last year and the year before that, looking particularly as tax gained as a political issue, just at the relationships between the big four accountancy firms and those at the most senior echelons of HMRC. Because we haven't quite seen the same hiring practices in the States, we we, we haven't really seen these uh, large share awards being accelerated. There hasn't quite been the same pressure brought to bear, although the maxim would have it that what's in the States now we might see in the UK in a few years to come. I would also note that in this country, the revolving door seems to have a flow largely one way, which is the regulator going to private practice rather than vice versa, which is what the, the main complaint in the United States today is about. And of course, Howard Davis starts imminently as the new chairman of RBS, having previously been head of the FSA as well. So it's a newly trodden path maybe in the UK, but fast catching up with the US. My thanks to Caroline Binham and to Heather Slavkin-Corzo. For more downloads, go to 
ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.